This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Schlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. In this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with the Egyptian composer and performer Nada El Shazli. We spoke about her fabulous 2017 album Ahwa. You'll hear extracts from two of the tracks and the complete recording of Barzak at the end. Early 20th century Egyptian music is a key reference point for Nada, and midway through the episode, you'll hear an extract of an old recording by the singer Menira El Madia. In our chat, Nada told me about her ideas behind her tracks, her use of Arabic modes, and how she hopes that each of her songs creates an image. Uh, hello, my name is Nada Shazli. I'm an Egyptian uh, musician, singer and producer, and uh, I'm currently based in Montreal. just heard a bit of my track Palmyra, which uh, was released on my debut album Ahwar, and uh, it's released by Nawa Recordings. It came out at the end of 2017. This track is actually a very personal track. Um, I wrote it with um, my mother, actually, in the back of my mind, and um, the lyrics are super, super personal. Um, at at the same time, I felt it was it was it has the like a celebratory um, feel to it that um, to me like was celebrating um, the relationship with my mother and also the the freeing yourself from um, the different generations and finding your own voice. Uh, this track. Um, I was uh, working on it with Maurice Luca. 
we were both at his home studio and uh, we had the keyboard on, which was set to a bayet scale. And I started playing to this amazing um, um, uh, rhythm that he was coming up with. And slowly the track came to show itself and force itself upon us. So the Bayeti scale, um, or in general scales or maqam, they are um, split into two parts. And each part has um, four notes. And it basically tells you the character of uh, the scale. Um, the Bayeti scale has two quarter tones. Uh, the second note and the sixth note are three quarter tones. <laughs> The next track that we're going to listen to is called Mahmeya, and it's the closing track of the album. This track is more like a lullaby, but it's more like a dark lullaby, um, where the idea of distance and space from someone that you love is um, space to let things grow and it's um, nourishing the relationship itself. The track was created through a repetitive um, line, music line that I played on a, uh, an instrument called the saz. And this instrument is a Turkish instrument, which has, which the quarter tones are a little bit different than for instance in uh, Egypt or in other countries in the Arab world. But I was really drawn to its very stingy sound. I don't know, it reminds me of a pineapple. It's sweet, but stingy. And um, this repetitive line, which creates like this very cyclical um, melody and um, just made me sing like in a way that was very soothing and lullaby-like. Later on, me and Maurice Luca, we sat down and um, we started playing to that uh, to that melody line, and it just seemed very beautiful to add um, for Maurice to add um, guitar that was very that has like a sliding effect, and then also the track came to life.
On the album, I am playing um, the keyboard. I'm also playing uh, saz and buzuk and um, piano. I also programmed beats and playing uh, electronics and uh, sound manipulation on different tracks. But I was very lucky and I had the honor of working with um, 18 musicians on this album. Um, with Sam, Sam Shalabi and Maurice Luca playing um, a very important role in developing the pieces with me. And um, at the end also working with uh, musicians in Montreal to, uh, in, on the different arrangements that me and Sam Shalabi came up with together. Before I was uh, writing the album, I was very obsessed with um, 1890s, 1920s Egyptian music. And it's simply because when I came across Munira Mahadeya and Abdul Latif al-Banna, which are very, two very prominent voices of that time, I felt that this music is actually very uh, futuristic. I was very jealous of how the musicians were playing together in a way that seemed very free in a way that seemed the overtones and just the dynamic of playing created harmonies and, and melodies that you can't really come up with if you just sit down and plan everything. So I was very jealous of this freedom and I wanted to understand how I can, I can use this, how, it, how, uh, how this can be part of the character of what I'm writing. And of course, knowing very well that there is no way I can play like this. Um, yeah, I, I cannot recreate this um, time. And that was never the intention, uh, not a nostalgic one, but a lesson from that time to how to free myself while I'm writing in the present. <laughs> At the end of the podcast, um, you will hear the third track on my album. It's called Barzakh. This one is uh, a really adventurous track. It's, uh, it really came together nicely because it was actually composed to be two different tracks. But it all made sense to also call it Barzakh, as um, Barzakh is basically like, um, I think it's called in English Purgatory, the place um, in geography, like uh, between salt water and sweet water that makes the both don't mix like the the salt water the sweet water doesn't become salty and in in another uh, realm in for instance uh, islamic tradition uh, barzakh is um, the place that you go to bef after you die but before you end up in either heaven or hell so it's that place where you're stranded so in barzakh I'm again using a Bayati scale for the first um, part of the song, but then it switches to, um, I don't know the, the English name, but it's called Sillam Khumasi. And then that part is like resonating with the Bayati towards more the end, which you can hear both almost, uh, 
both scales just resonating, having like a strange mirror uh, to each other, which plays more on the idea of the barzakh and the the things that are not that even though they exist together, but you can still hear each one um, as they are, like the salt water and the sweet water. In my work, I'm really interested uh, in the potential of um, Arabic music and how we can use um, we can use scales and modes and instruments in so many different ways, and uh, it's uh, just vast. And that potential is really, really what keeps me uh, have questions that keep me going. Uh, many people, when they listen to my album, they come back to me and tell me that they ha- they there's a lot of visuals that they see at the same time. And hopefully with the next album, I can um, explore more the potential of the visuals in, uh, in the music.
Me. Uh.